Good afternoon to all of our fellow health enthusiasts. My name is Aubrey Mast and I'm a professor of nutrition. This is a new podcast developed by my friend and colleague, Dr. Charles Benz, and we call this show Healing Trends with Dr. Benz. We search the internet every day to find the best scientific studies that can be used to improve the health of every interested person. You will not see many of these studies in the conventional media because most doctors do not have the time or the interest in finding them. There are also special interests which are less than enthusiastic about you knowing about these studies. Every week we will explore nutritional science that has the potential to prevent and even reverse 90% of chronic illness. This could save many lives and help to stop the healthcare crisis that will eventually bankrupt our country. This is frequently called functional medicine and it has been adopted by thousands of doctors as well as some medical schools and hospitals, including the Cleveland Clinic. Today's program is entitled, A New Picture Emerging in COVID Headlines. Hello, Dr. Benz. Hi, Aubrey. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Well, I'm, I'm the same as everybody else, exhausted with this uh, virus that's been going on for nearly two years. But uh, having said that, some of the headlines that came out in uh, December of 2021 were moving in a little bit of a different direction than they have in the last almost two years. Uh, I suspect that this information was eventually going to get out there because it was too convenient to use the excuse that vaccines were the answer and uh, natural immunity and people's immune systems didn't have anything to do with it, but we know that's not true. And so these headlines that I'm going to go over today with you and our audience kind of tells a different story. And so here goes the first couple. COVID virus can spread to almost every organ in the body, including the brain, and persist there for months. This was from the National Health Institute in December. Uh, the second one, kind of related, ultra-processed foods uh, makes you vulnerable to COVID-19. This is from the Centers for Epidemiological Studies, Health and Nutrition, December 2021. So you and I have talked about this, both of these things before, but now it seems like the official organizations are finally getting on the bandwagon, um, hoping to sneak this information in and not have anybody say, hey, uh, why didn't you tell us this two years ago? What's, what's your take on those reports from national uh, institutes of health and uh, epidemiological studies? I think I've been a little disgruntled with how long it's taken, you know, 25 months at this point in time for officials to address the fact that we have 80% of our population that is immune compromised because they're dealing with chronic diseases, they have sedentary lifestyles, they have insomnia, high stress levels, high inflammatory levels. And I think that I'm gr glad that we're starting to have this conversation of like, okay, well, yeah, a virus can lodge in every single organ. And if you are eating a diet that's highly processed, you do not have sun exposure or vitamin D exposure, you're sedentary. Those are all risk factors. Um, I'm a little disturbed that it's taken us this long to have this conversation, but also I'm glad that we're starting to have the national conversation in this manner. And I, I think that the doctors that have been, and scientists that have been promoting these and other facts on these headlines 
are going to say, I told you so, I told you so. Completely. <laughs> That's yeah, just completely. Uh, I, I'm so glad this is happening. So here's number three. COVID um, uh, mortality risk correlates inversely with vitamin D3 status and mortality rate close to zero could be achieved at 50 nanograms per milliliter of, <laughs> of vitamin D3 results of a systematic review and meta-analysis from the journal of uh, nutrients journal with 177 scientific references added to it and then the next one the the healthy a, a healthy gut uh, microbiome could help prevent severe covid19 and this is from a professor at the university of massachusetts medical school again december 2021 Wow. Um, again, things that we've talked about numerous times, but here these things come slipping out, not into the mainstream media yet, but they're making it into some pretty weighty, heavy uh, organizations. What's your take on those two? Well, I think it makes complete sense that if you study viruses at all, what we know ends viruses or helps mitigate the risk factors associated with viral exposure is a strong immune system. And we have discussed this, that a healthy microbiome is establish, establishes your immune function. Vitamin D, we have receptors in every single organ. We need it exponentially for immune system function. And with when we look at how Americans are sedentary, how we are no longer outside, or if we are going outside, we're slathering ourselves within sunscreen before we can even step foot into the sun, it makes complete sense that like, oh, we have a vitamin D deficiency that's happening society-wide. And if we really want to tackle how do we reverse the effects of this virus, we would have to start with the immune system response. Yeah. And, you know, I hate to say it, but there were a number of studies attached to the vitamin D one. But there's third, over 30,000 studies that have been done over the years on vitamin D3. So I don't want anybody to think, oh, wow, we, they did new research and found this out. This is not new no. research. This is from, mm -mm. from the 1970s, you know. Um, yep. <laughs> number, number five, heart inflammation cases emerge among 5 to 11-year-old kids after COVID-19 shot. CDC. December mm -hmm. 2021, and then more uh, worse than the virus, reviewing some possible unintended consequences of the mRNA vaccines against COVID-19. This is just from a little old professor from MIT University, <laughs> again in December. And so we know that um, the things that she was talking about is uh, higher levels of miscarriages, low platelet count, uh, increased cases of Bell's poly, uh, increased cases of shingles. We now know that the shot will trigger latent uh, viruses in the body, uh, like shingles and Epstein-Barr, uh, increased cases of uh, microcarditis, uh, increased number of neurological uh, disorders, and increased number of lung and heart conditions. So the, the, the while for many people, the vaccination probably helps and works because, like you said, 80 to 90 percent of them are compromised anyway. 
but they didn't do enough long-term studies, and this is what the result is of not doing long-term studies. A lot of people are dying because of the complications of these new vaccines, and this was really not necessary if they've just had looked at the previous research and not rushed to make so much profit from these vaccines. All right, so what's your take on this, these two? I mean, I think this has been an area of concern for me, um, and it continues to be an area of concern as we are researching, uh, uh, releasing the vaccine for children as young as two, um, and the risk of myocarditis, the risk of heart inflammation among children, when we already have increased acceptability with kids um, because of in utero exposure to atherosclerotic plaques due to our diet and our lifestyle. I think there's a lot of long-term consequences that can't be researched in a short-term period of time. And we're seeing trends, if, if any of the listeners are wanting, wanting to know what are the trends that are happening post vaccines, I would strongly urge you to go to the, um, the vaccine injury network or the VAERS reporting database where we can look at what are some of the trends that are coming forward after um, vaccination. And when we look at those trends, it is pretty alarming. And so I think for any individual, it's important to have informed consent. And that means that Science is not static. It's not, it, it does not happen in a one-time basis. We are learning the consequences of these vaccines as they are unfolding and as we have increased exposure through boosters um, and as we change what are the parameters um, along with using them. And the current researcher or the current article I was just reading yesterday was about how the... Um, the COVID vaccine pill has is the pill is now being recommended for usage, and you know that can have unintended consequences as well because we don't know about co uh, contraindications of how it mixes with other medications. And so, anytime we're pushing a medication or a vaccine very quickly into the public, it will take science a while before we are able to establish trends that could be potentially concerning. Yeah, and I think that's been one of the problems with the FDA over the years is they've rushed too many times uh, to get things uh, finalized because of uh, their friendship with Big Pharma. And uh, that hasn't done uh, anybody any good. I, I really think that the, the, the risks often outweigh the benefits. And I think we have to get somebody to take a serious look at the FDA and the approval process and see what the actual efficacy of many of these drugs are. And uh, we've talked about statin drugs before and how the efficacy of statin drugs is less than 1%. And yet it's a billion dollar uh, drug and, and being pushed all the time. I think unless something shows a 50% or higher level of efficacy, it shouldn't even ever make it to the marketplace. Great. So, all right, uh, the next one, Japan puts warnings on COVID jabs. Inflammation uh, of the heart is one of the main ones. This is the December, uh, uh, December 28th, 2021 from the Japanese Ministry of Health. All right, so now we're getting governments stepping up and saying, wait a minute, we say there are risks and 
I think this is a, a country that maybe doesn't have as strong an influence on the drug company uh, as uh, other comp- countries do. And so there's Japan saying, wait a minute, we're going to put a warning out for everybody that's getting the vaccination. And, and, and that warning is going to change and increase over time. I can, I can guarantee you it's not just heart issues. And, and then the next one is how endless boosters will destroy the immune system. Um, this was an article by Dr. Joseph Mercola, but he, he didn't come up with the information. It was all a, a small group of scientists and doctors that came up with this information based on their actual work with patients and their actual scientific studies. And so this is a, this is a big problem that I, I think is going to end up being one of the more serious ones. And that is, if, if your body responds with these boosters over and over again as in a way that suppresses the natural immune system, then we're going to have serious problems because, as you said, it's already too low, and now this is going to make it worse. Mm-hmm. What's your thought on those two? I mean, I think it, it, it's indignative of the allopathic medical model where we say, oh, you have too high of blood pressure, we're going to lower it with these drugs rather than going, hey, why do you have high blood pressure? Are you drinking enough water? Are you sleeping enough? What's your diet like? Do you exercise? You know, and I think as we become more reliant around boosters, it is taking away the emphasis around you have a role to play within your own immune system function. And that happens because of sleep, that happens because of hydration, that happens because of getting outside um, and exercise and eating well, all of the things that we've covered throughout our time together. Um, And so I have a lot of concerns with, you know, there's some research currently looking at, uh, Israel is currently looking at the fourth round of boosters. And the more that that we move forward with that narrative, the more I think it undermines the fact that the immune system is really what ends pandemics. Yeah, and I'm, I'm kind of surprised that so many other countries around the world are having similar problems. I would have thought that the ones that uh, have the more of the blue zones in them, or maybe even the Japanese, where they eat a much better diet and aren't overweight like we are here, I would have thought the U.S. would have been way worse than lots of other countries. It turns out that every country is having a challenge. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if you went on the list and saw which ones are doing better, Taiwan's doing better, New Zealand's doing better, Japan's doing better. In the long term, a lot of these other countries are doing better because they do eat differently and they don't have the ultra-processed foods the same as, as we do. I think in the end that will all come out. But I, I agree with you. Um, it's, it's time to ramp up the discussion about natural immunity. And I hope these headlines push, push us in that direction. Number nine is really interesting on our list here. Quercetin, an alternative to hydrochloroquine and more. Oh, my God. What a discussion there has been over that over the last two years. Now we find out that some of these drugs while they probably worked for some doctors in some situation, when I looked at hydrochloroquine and when I looked at ivermectin, it seemed like the study showed that the ones that coupled zinc with it did better than the ones who just used the, the uh, ivermectin and the hydrochloroquine by itself. And that points to zinc being the answer because here's quercetin 
And, 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 and what it does, it sort of blocks the AC2 receptor so that the spike protein can't sort of activate and get into that opening that all cells have for this ACE receptor. And, and one of the studies from the Frontline Critical COVID-19 Care Alliance, they recommended two, two uh, tablets of, of uh, quercetin, uh, 250 milligrams, two times a day, along with zinc, either 50 or 100 milligrams each time. And so the, the quercetin drives the zinc into, not only, it not only impedes the spike protein, uh, on the cell, it then drives the zinc into the cell so that it's doing in there doing its antiviral work. I think that's the amazing thing. And then uh, these these foods, and I know you you probably knew all this, but uh, if, if you take the uh, quercetin with apples or broccoli or asparagus or uh, green peppers or uh, tomatoes or red leaf uh, lettuce, raspberries, blueberries, cranberries, blue currants, and green tea then there's cofactors in those foods that will help that quercetin to even get into your body more efficiently. And so you may not get 250 milligrams from eating those foods unless you ate all of them at once, but at least you'll be able to take the foods and the supplement together to create a powerful duo. Um, and also, quercetin is a very strong anti-allergy treatment and inhibits the release of histamine and other allergic substances. So quercetin should be in everybody's cabinet to be used occasionally as a booster, but eat the foods for sure, because as you've always said, get the foods first. And uh, number 10 on our list is World Council of Health reveals spike protein detox. In other words, in one of the previous ones, we said this spike protein can repeat itself even after you've had the initial infection. But guess what? There's a way to detox that, that spike protein and get it out of your body. What do you think that all the things are that are the top 10 things? Vitamin D3, vitamin C, uh, nigella uh, seed, quercetin, zinc, curcumin, um, milk thistle extract, uh, N-acetylcysteine, magnesium, and ivermectin. What do you think about that one as far as uh, having two really powerful solutions now for dealing with this, with this COVID? I think these are all great supplements to have on hand and with quercetin like, and with vitamin C. I think there's a lot of information coming out in zinc as well about having liposomal um, access to these supplements because it helps the cells absorb them more regularly. Um, I'm a huge proponent of having these supplements on hand at any point in time within uh, my cabinet. And I also think they all, if you study them individually outside of COVID, we also see that they all help to support mitochondrial health and immune system um, functioning. And so there is a lot of evidence that points to their responses around immunological health. Uh, and then now we're just starting to have the research catch up with saying that, oh, it's actually pertinent to COVID as well. Yeah. And, you know, back in June of 2020, when I wrote my protocol up to treat long haulers, guess what? Eight of those 10 things were on the list. And so it's no surprise that I get, I've had a hundred percent success rate for the COVID long haul patients that I've treated. 
And so this is verification, if you will, of these things being really important to this whole spike protein uh, resolution, but to the overall fact that, yes, the, uh, the virus can stay in your body and replicate over time, do damage to all these different organs, which is what's happening to these long haulers and may happen to many other people that we don't really know about right now because they may be asymptomatic long haulers. I know that's a frightening proposition, but I contend that there are asymptomatic long haulers who are going to have long-term damage down the road. And I think the way to do this is to use these uh, spike protein uh, preventers and detoxifiers. And by the way, this is one of the protocols that I recommend for people when they're going to get the vaccination. Use some of these supplements and good diet for about a week before you get the shot. And then for another week or two after you've got the shot. And the people that I put on that program pre-shot have all come out without any serious problems. So bingo, um, this, this is part of the solution. I'm so glad this kind of information is coming out. And now the last two, and, and, and this is particularly, these two are particularly beneficial from my standpoint because they're reaching right into the decision-making process in the United States and in, uh, in the UK. Here, here's the headline, Florida Surgeon General promotes nutraceuticals for COVID. What? On December the 13th, the, the guy who runs the Florida Department of Health said, oh yeah, everybody should be using vitamin D3, vitamin D, vitamin C, quercetin, and zinc as ways to prevent and also treat COVID. Oh my God, what a headline. And now this one is really good too from the UK. Evidence is insufficient to, to back mandatory NHS staff vaccination, says the House of Lords Committee. Well, you know why? The House of Lords isn't elected. <laughs> They're appointed. And so they don't have to mess with the voters like the, uh, like the parliament does. This was published in the British Medical Journal on December 3rd, 2021. Oh my God, I, I think these two are like the toppers. Now, it's like the emperor has no clothes. All of a sudden, two, mm -hmm. two big organizations said, oh yes, he does, he has clothes, and they're covered with viruses and vaccinations, and um, we know what to do about it, and we don't think that vaccines should be the only answer, uh, especially for many, many people. All right, so what do you think about this? this is, was this an oh my God moment for you as well? Completely. It was a moment where my mouth fell open and then there was a little giggle afterwards of like, okay, and here we go. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> completely. Well, I just thought, you know, um, I, I've been looking forward to, to, to this information coming out and now I want to see what the United States and other governments around the world have to say about these organizations in Japan and in the UK and in Florida. What, what are they going to say about this? Because it, 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 it can't be hidden now. And uh, I'm so proud of them for doing this. And I hope and pray that uh, a lot of other organizations get on the bandwagon and start to reverse the damage 
that this uh, virus and these vaccinations are doing by getting some real intelligence and some real science behind what these solutions are, what these policies are. I just hope that's what this leads to. And I hope so too. So I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to have the opportunity to present this kind of uh, headline breaking news. Uh, the first one is MPB Health. They're a medical cost sharing company and they're an alternative to health insurance. And they're a great alternative because they really drive wellness into their into their program for everybody and uh, to keep the cost down and they're able to lower the cost of traditional health insurance by 30 to 50 percent by really focusing on wellness uh, the second uh, sponsor is dha labs dha labs may be the most progressive diagnostic company in the country in terms of blood tests and urine tests and genetic tests uh, they just are always looking for the most up-to-date cellular analysis diagnostic tools so that we can find disease five to ten years before it actually happens. If we did that, we could probably eliminate 80 to 90 percent of chronic illnesses. And so having a company like that at the forefront of the diagnostic community is really a great thing. And a third sponsor is Paddock Pools. Again, a very leading edge science-based company. They're looking into water pollution solutions now. They've, they've already captured the pool industry in terms of having their, uh, their chlorine uh, gas uh, extractor, this vacuum extractor that gets about 95% of chlorine gas off the surface of the pool so that swimmers can have really good oxygenated water to breathe while they're swimming. This is so important and I hope their business grows and I hope other people get onto this technology because swimming is a really great exercise, but you should only be swimming in, in, in water that uh, has been treated with this vacuum extractor to get the gas off the surface of that water. And the fourth um, sponsor is SunTrust Financial Planning. They're a local company. I've been working with them for 15 or 20 years. Again, they combine the importance of doing wise investments along with having a healthy body because if you don't have your health, you don't have anything. And Mark Wolf recognized that years ago and started to provide better services to his clients around health and wellness. And so I think these four sponsors have carried us through 2021. I hope that they'll continue to carry us through 2022. And I, I hope that uh, the program continues. I have an announcement to make in our next program about our wonderful Aubrey Mast and her future. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, taping that show and have everybody realize uh, how important her contribution was and what uh, she's going to be up to in 2022. Thanks, Aubrey.